looking forward to coming to the Word. We are in our fourth week of Advent. Next Sunday, as Art said, is, uh, is uh, Christmas Day. And um, so I know many of you are planning on coming Christmas Eve or some are going to come Christmas Day or some of you are going to come both because you're still motivated by guilt. But whatever you're going to do, uh, it's going to be great. But this is the last uh, Sunday of our four-week series in Advent. Advent, Adventum, the Latin word, means the appearing, the arrival. We're anticipating the coming of Christ. It's where the church spends one-twelfth of its year, one-thirteenth, I guess, really, if it's four weeks, right? Do the math. Do I do the math right? But it's one chunk, four weeks out of 52 weeks, thinking about the coming of Christ. That there was a time when the world anticipated the coming of the Savior. So there's a past to Advent. And there's a present because we anticipate His coming to us now, meeting us now, recognizing where God is showing up for us now. And then we also anticipate that one day he'll come again and the kingdom will come in its fullness. Past, present, and future, Advent, the appearing, the glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. We celebrate this for uh, uh, one month out out of the whole year. Well, this series is about, again, about him showing up, and, uh, and this, this, uh, this title today is about counting our blessings. And I put counting in, uh, in quotation marks as my title, counting one's blessings, because um, this is really not going to be about counting our blessings like, let me, on a grid, let me add up all of the things that I have to be thankful for, but in a way, that's the beginning of it. Did, does anybody, when I thought about this being the title of my sermon, and where we're going to go in a minute is we're going to go into the end of, of Zechariah's story and look at him reflecting on the answer to prayer that God gave him. But when is anybody, when you see count one's blessings, does anybody in their head go to White Christmas? Do you go to, to Bing Crosby and White Christmas? Because that's where this song came from. It's an Irving Berlin song, and it's this uh, cheesy, uh, counting my blessings. Can you just, is anybody a White Christmas fan? Do you guys watch White Christmas? Yeah, stupidest movie ever. It's just so bad. It's so, no, it's not. Counting one's blessings is when I, can't, when I worry and I cannot sleep and uh, count my blessings instead of sheep, and then I go to sleep counting my blessings. It's this really sweet little song. I'm not really sure why it's a Christmas song, but it kind of, for us, it works a little bit because if it's, it's not a Christmas song, but, but Christmas is about gifts. I, I, the point today that I'm going to talk about is not counting your blessings like, boy, look at you got 15 of them on you. For me, it's counting as in, how do I account for them? What do I do with these blessings? If we recognize that God is going to be showing up in our lives, what are we supposed to do in reaction to God showing up? That's Zachariah's story, is that God showed up for him as he prayed for a son, for the Savior to come, and God showed up, and we want to look at what his response is to it. It does fit for us because this is a season of gifts. This is why we give gifts. This is why the gift motif happens for us at Christmas time. Because we recognize that God gave us the gift of Jesus, that God is giving us the gift of showing up in our lives, the glorious appearing. And so we receive these gifts. And what are we going to do with them is the question. We love giving gifts to children, that joy in a child's face when they get that gift, when they open it up. And this is what we remember this as a child. Is that just the best picture? Is that not it right there? When they just, they cannot believe when they wake up in the morning that there's stuff that's there and it's theirs and they rip open the packages. We love that. We absolutely love that moment. That is the single reason right there why we could not stop having children. We just wanted more of them. We wanted to see more of that happening in our lives. And for those of you that are single, you know, like, well, you want to be around kids at Christmas time, right? If you don't have kids of your own or it, it is the best to see kids just explode in this. 
And by the way, if you go online and you look at all of those videos of the kids who were not thankful, or the bad, the, like the gifts gone bad videos, it's just the worst. It's anti-Christmas. It's these bratty little kids who are angry that they didn't get what they wanted. I'll teach those parents a few things. It, there's this, supposed to be this time of receiving this gift, you can't believe it, and being overjoyed. My favorite gift growing up that I remember so vividly is coming out in my jammies with feet on them, coming around the corner at like eight years old and seeing this by the tree. Do you guys remember this, those of you who grew up in the 60s? <gasps> that is an original 1968 Schwinn Stingray. Do you remember this? Look at the gear shift on the center thing. Seriously, did anybody have one of those? Yep. My brother's in the 50s. That's right. Is that the coolest? It was parked there. It had the kickstand on. It was sitting in front of the tree. It wasn't even wrapped. It was like, this is unbelievable. And I, was, I grew up at a time, okay, I'm going to sound like an old man right now, right? I grew up at a time where there was not a ton under the tree, okay? It's not like I'm a depression kid or anything, clearly. But, but I, you know, it was like you got the one big gift that Santa brought, right? You know, you know that, where, how any children in the room where we lie to our kids about Santa? And then uh, Santa brought that tree, and then we would have like one other gift. But that was sitting in front of the tree. That was it. So, man, when those gifts came, it was like, whoa, this is a gift. So what do we do with the gift is the question. If Advent is about the glorious appearing, it's this, and, and, and it reminds us of it's this season of gifts, a season of God showing up for us, then what do we do with those gifts? And we're going to talk about Zechariah's response. Go back four weeks. It was Thanksgiving weekend. I preached on the beginning of Luke chapter 1, and we talked about Zechariah. And that was actually Thanksgiving weekend, and we thought about the things that God had done in our lives this year, and we shared some of them. Get get a grasp of that even before we, we get to this text this morning. What is it that God has gifted you with? What, how has he shown up for you in this season, in your life, in general? Have you, have you recognized the way that God has shown up? Now, it is easy for us to recognize where God has not yet shown up. That is easy. And we get in touch with that and we cry out to him. But how has God shown up in your life? What gift has he given you? What prayer has he answered Because this message is about what are we supposed to do with that? Let's review Zechariah's story. If you have Luke chapter 1 open, it'd be great for you to go look at it. Just reviewing before we get to my my couple of points this morning. And I may not get to uh, more than one or, or, or two of my points. I've got three, but I may just do one. I don't know. But if you review Zechariah's story, it's interesting. Zechariah is the star, so to speak, of Luke 1. Jesus becomes the star of Luke chapter 2, and we're going to get there on Saturday night, on Christmas Eve. And there's other characters that are important in Luke 1, but Zechariah gets the bulk of airtime on this thing. But if you remember, he was a priest. He, was a, he and his wife Elizabeth were elderly. They were not able to have kids. It says they were elderly. And he was picked to go into the temple to be able to offer sacrifices on behalf of the people. This is all a review of the beginning of Luke chapter 1. And when he was in there, an angel showed up to him while he was offering sacrifices at the altar. And the angel said this very interesting thing. The angel said, the Lord has heard your prayer. Do you remember that? Your prayer, the cry of your heart. 
God's heard your prayer, and he's going to give you this son, John. And then he goes on to say, and John's going to lead people, prepare people for the coming of Jesus, for the coming of the Savior, essentially. The angel said, the Lord's heard your prayer, the longing of your heart. And at the same time, he was, he was being given a son, which was the longing of he and his elderly wife, Elizabeth. At the same time, he was be giving this answer to his longing, which was John, a son. At the same time, God was answering the prayers, the longings of an entire world, a creation gone bad who needed a savior. This is good news. This is not great news. And so he is given the son. And Zechariah, the story goes that Zechariah is like, wait, how is that going to happen? Like, I don't know that. And the Lord's like, listen, why don't you spend the whole nine months being struck mute by me? And then you can reflect on this. And he does. And then at the end of, uh, then we have the story about, about uh, Mary and her visitation and her song, and that's glorious, and that's what Ben preached on, and then Art preached on that. And then it comes back, and at the end, toward the end of Luke chapter 1, it says it was time for Elizabeth to have the baby, and his mouth was, John, I mean, um, Zechariah's mouth was set free, it was loosened, it was open, and he began to speak, praising God. And then he has this amazing song that starts in verse 67 and, and following. He was filled with the Holy Spirit. He got on the same page as God, and then he began to talk. And when he began to talk, this is what spilled out. Now, let me summarize all that I, what I just said. God was showing up for him in his deepest places. And he got really quiet to reflect on all that God was doing. And then when God opened his mouth, this is what came out. And I want to look at how is it that we respond to the ways that God is showing up for us in our lives. How is it? What do we do with these gifts that God has given us? So here's Zechariah's response to how God has blessed him. And the first thing is that he blessed God. How did he respond to God's blessing? How did he respond to God's gifts? He blessed God back. He was being blessed. He turned around and he blessed God. And that was that verse you just saw up there. Verse 68 says, Praise be to the Lord, the God of Israel. Blessed be the name of the Lord is another way to put it. This is called the Benedictus because in Latin, Benedictus means is that first word in Latin is, is praise or blessed. Blessed be to God. This was the first way that he responded. And this is, man, this is, if we get to no other points today, and if you get nothing else out of this text, this is something we got to remember, that God is appearing. This glorious appearing of God is happening in our lives, friends. God is showing up for you. And when we get a hold of what that is, how do we respond to it? The first thing that we need to do is turn around and bless God back. That is the right response to God intervening in our lives. We turn around and we bless God back. Praise be to the Lord, the God of Israel, and it goes on. But before we even go on, just stop and think about this idea. It's like God says, let me bless you. Let me give you this gift. Let me, let me show you what it is that I want to do in your life. Let me reveal to you that this right here that I'm going to give you, this person, this relationship, this job, this moment, this another year, whatever it is that God's giving you, it's this blessing, it's this gift that God pours out to us. And our first reaction has to be, no, no, bless you, God. No, thank you, God. Bless you for what you're doing in my life. The praise goes to you, God. 
It's sort of like that, that, that we, we come to realize with this gift in our hand, with this Shuin stingray in our hands, with the baby alligator that we receive for Christmas or whatever, whatever, however you want to conceptualize this gift. This is how we count our blessings, is that with this gift in hand, we turn around and we realize, I want to bless you more, God, than I care about the blessing. I want to bless you more than I now care about the blessing. That, that was the beauty of Brandon and Katya's story when they were up here sharing, lighting the Advent candle uh, this morning, sharing about how they were longing for God to come through. Brandon said that he had been unemployed for the better part of those three years, uh, having lost his job in the recession and crying out to the Lord. And then he ended up delivering groceries and he got that job. And then he ended up getting another job. But the, as God was revealing himself, they said the peace we felt because God miraculously kept taking care of us. They were giving gift after gift after gift. But here's what you see and you hear it in their voice when they share the story that in the end, they were more, they were more enamored with the relationship with God than they were with the gift. Did you see that in their testimony? Does that not ring true for those of you that have walked through a longing and an answered prayer and then you realize at the end of that you're there with this gift and you go, this is awesome, but God bless you. I'm more about you than I am about the gift that I've got in my hand. That is the natural way it goes. Woe to us if we go, thank you, yes, that's my gift, that's what I needed. God got it. And do not turn around and allow our hearts to swell toward the giver rather than the gift. See, being blessed is not about me, and it's not even about the gift. It's about a glorious appearing, friends. God loves to manifest himself, to magnify himself in your lives and on this earth. He loves to do it. So when he shows up and gives you a gift, he's not all that interested in the fact that now your bills are getting paid or whatever, like the thing that you're doing on this level. He is. He is. But do you hear what I'm saying? It is way more than that. He wants to magnify himself as this heavenly father who loves you and loves the world. And so this is what God, we turn around and we end up just blessing God. We turn around and we give thanks to God. That's kind of the eternal um, uh, transaction that's supposed to be taking place. Your stuff, the gift that he gives you, isn't the point. It's that God has manifested himself as the giver of good things. It's sort of a more, it's a meta-narrative. It's a bigger picture. It's really about worship. It's about giving thanks. When we say God show up, I mean, when we see God show up, when we see God come and reveal to us and give us a gift and give us a blessing, as he did with Zechariah, like, here's your son, here's the plan. The first thing that should happen to us is we turn and we go, no, whoa, God bless you. Whoa, God bless you. Hold everything. This is about you. I bet if you think about some of your, the, the times when you felt closest to God, it was that kind of a transaction where he had given you something that you thought was so important to you, and then in the end, or he didn't, or he gave it to you a little bit differently even, and that you realize that he became bigger than the gift. He became more important than that gift. Or maybe it was those times when you recognized that there was this, some family vacation or some awesome epic long run that you did if you're, as you were training for your marathon or, or, or some uh, 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 experience of friendship that you had where you walked away from it and you thought, wow, that was bigger than the sum of its parts. That was a gift to me. That was a gift from you, wasn't it, God? 
Oh, God bless you for that. God, you saw me and you gave me that thing and you showed up in it and that's why it was rich. God, you're awesome and you're beautiful and I love you and my heart goes out to you. You're expanded as you turn around and you just bless God. Yeah, I remember the first time I saw the Grand Canyon. I was with my bro Chris. We were on a guy's road trip. I'd left my wife with all them screaming children, and I went off at the, and we were going to go to the Grand Canyon, and we were racing there to beat the sunset. And we were, I remember going like 80 miles an hour in my Honda Prelude through those roads, through that forest to go to the south rim of the Grand Canyon. And when we got there, we did it. We made it. And we parked the car and we were running for the lookout thing. And we go out onto the lookout and we see the sun setting behind the Grand Canyon. I remember, have you been to the Grand Canyon? Do you remember your first thought? The first thought is what everybody thinks, which is, holy, this is deep. Like it's bigger than you think. And it was overwhelming and the sun was setting, but we had had this day of talking and laughing and being bros in the car and having junk food. And I was just having this experience with my best friend at the time, and we got to it, and the natural beauty was amazing, and the sunset, and then that's a big canyon, man, and it was overwhelming, and afterward, we were having pizza, and I remember talking about it, and Chris goes, man, what a gift today was, and I remember thinking, yeah, this was a pretty great day. We got to go to the Grand Canyon with my best friend, and the beauty and the majesty of this, and my heart is so full. God, this is a gift you're giving me, this day was a gift from you. No way, God. No, you, you're blessing me. No, bless you, God. No, bless you, God. Bless you back. That feeling when you go, this is bigger than that thing. When you're grateful for your family at Christmas, then you're sitting around and you're seeing your crazy uncle and you're seeing your parents and you've, some of you have little babies and you look at that whole thing and you think, man, this is rich. Friends, it's way richer than you can imagine. It's a gift from God, not so you go, yep, look at my gifts. It's a gift from God so that we turn around, we go, no, God, bless you. Bless you, God. I worship you for what you're doing in my life. That's how we respond to the God showing up in our lives. I have this image of laying on the landing at the top level of my, um, my house in Elk Grove, California, where... Uh, after I came out of seminary, I went and worked at this church in South Sacramento. I lived in Elk Grove, and we had this house. And I remember I had snuggled with my kids and put them to bed, and at that point, we had the full quiver of four. We had two cribs in one room and two little kitty beds in the other room, and we had these babies, and it's sweet and romantic, and, you know, you talk about babies, and it's just how rich is that, right? But I remember laying there on that landing because as I had put my kids to bed and snuggled with them and sang to them and prayed with them. Linda was downstairs playing the piano and she was worshiping. And I remember laying at the top of the stairs going, man, this is sweet. I know people struggle to have kids and I know people want to be married and, and, and God's not yet given them their partner. And I remember thinking how rich this gift was. But it was way bigger than that. Fortunately, I had the soundtrack. <laughs> My wife playing worship music. This was not just, wow, some good things have happened to me. This was, no, bless you, God. Oh, no, I worship you, God. You are the giver of good gifts. There's plenty of things I do not have in my life right now. There are plenty of unanswered questions. There are plenty of unsolved problems. There are plenty of unhealed wounds. But you are, you're my gift. And so bless you. 
Can we be people like Zechariah who turned around in the midst of that, receiving that gift of, I'm going to have a son. And he's going to lead the way to the Savior, like that he would turn around and he'd go, no, bless you, God. Praise be to the Lord God of Israel. May we be those kind of people. I can't help but to lead us to this passage in Luke 17, where Jesus, it's, the, it's, it's kind of popularly known as the, the parable of the uh, healing of ten lepers. And I have it on the screen there in the message version, paraphrase of the Bible, but I mean, hopefully you're familiar with the story. If not, I'd like you to see it right now. In Luke's gospel, it happened that as he made his way toward Jerusalem, he crossed over the border between Samaria and Galilee, and as he entered a village, ten men, all lepers, met him. They kept their distance, but they raised their voices, calling out, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. This was the longing of their hearts to be clean to be healed. Leprosy was a scourge to people's hearts and, and uh, social lives and, and dignity. Not, not only did they have this awful disease, but they were cast away. They had to stay in the outskirts of town. They couldn't have interaction with their family or other people. They were completely set apart. They were, they were um, outcasts. Have mercy on us in our circumstance, God. It's the one cry of their heart, right? It's like Zechariah's angel saying to him, the Lord heard your prayer, that prayer. This was their prayer, God, have mercy on us, that we have to be set apart from our families, etc. Taking a good look at them, Jesus said, go show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, this is a great passage, which we could preach on it longer. As they went, while they were still on their way, they became clean. Jesus said, he took a look, good look at them. He assessed their situation. He said, now go. And even before they turned around and left, they weren't healed yet. But as they went away, like, okay, I guess God's got some sort of a plan. It's a great picture of faith. They turned away and they went on their way. And as they were on their way, they became clean. And one of them, when he realized he was healed, he turned around and he came back shouting his gratitude, glorifying God. He kneeled at Jesus' feet, so grateful he couldn't thank him enough. And he was a Samaritan. He wasn't even one of God's chosen people of the Israelite tribe. And Jesus said, we're not ten healed? Where are the nine? Can none be found to come back and give glory to God except this guy? And he's an outsider. He's a foreigner. He's not even one of the Jews. And then he said to him, get up, go on your way. Your faith has healed you and saved you. There's a faith response there that's done more than just changed your body. You're saved. Your soul has been transformed. Listen, church, you hear it? This is not just somebody thanking God and therefore getting the gift. It was bigger than the gift. Now your soul's been changed. You've had an encounter with God that goes way beyond this gift. And it came because he turned around in gratefulness and thanked God. One out of ten did it. This is what Zechariah's story is about. It's a story of the correct response to God's blessing where he turned around and he said, you gave me the gift. No, no, bless you, God. I'm, it's not that I'm blessed. Bless you, God. And shouting his gratitude and glorifying God and humbly kneeling before him. The, song, the text says he couldn't thank him enough. This is what the psalmist was getting to in Psalm 103 when he said this. He said, oh, my soul, bless God. From head to toe, I'll bless his holy name. Do you remember that phrase? Some of you in your versions, it says, with my inmost being. From head to toe, it means. My soul, bless God. From head to toe, I'll bless God. My soul, bless God. Do not forget a single blessing. This is what counting blessings look like. It's not just adding it up and going, well, I have a lot to be thankful for. It's stopping and turning around and coming back to God and saying, no, bless you, God. 
I've been blessed, but this is about you. This is a season of counting blessings. This is a season of recognizing gifts. This is a season of receiving the glorious appearing of God in our lives and remembering that he's shown up for us. Will you be the person that turns around and when you're overwhelmed by what God has done, how God has shown up, how God has answered prayer, will you turn around when you realize, man, I'm so blessed. Will you turn around and go, no, 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 God bless you. I worship you, I praise you. I didn't want to miss that point. I didn't want to miss that point. If I had a couple other minutes, I would give you these points, and let me just throw up the second one on the, on the screen. The other way he did it, he recognized that there was a much bigger blessing than the blessing itself. And if you read through the rest of that text, you read through the verses in that text when he says, praise be to you, bless you, the Lord God of Israel. It's be, why? Because he has come to his people and redeemed them. He's, ra- he's raised up a horn or a king of salvation for us in the house of the servant David. Look at that. Praise be to God. Why? Because he's come to his people and redeemed them. The point is, he's recognized that there was a bigger blessing than the blessing itself. He recognized that there was something bigger going on than his happiness. There was something bigger going on than the fact that this guy's needs got met. Friends, it's all through this story that while God was reaching out and meeting people's needs and showing up in their lives, he was also reaching the whole world with the good news. Here's the point. Your blessing It's never about you. Your blessing is so that God might manifest himself, that the world would know that he is a glorious and gracious and generous and powerful God who can heal and forgive and redeem everything. That's the story of your blessing. That's the story of your blessing. It is never for you. It's not just that that you then receive it and you go, yes, look at the gift that I got. Yes, God, thank you for my gift. It's that this is going to be part of a glorious appearing. God does more than we ask or imagine. He's working on saving the whole world. And so when we're thanking God for the child that he's given us, friends, that's not because he wanted you to have a child per se. It's because he wants that child to have a life, to know and to love, Jesus, and then to give to the rest of the world. That's what God gives you the blessing for. It's always about the whole world. And so our blessings are never just about us. There is always a bigger blessing than the blessing itself. And then very connected to that then is that he, then Zechariah, consecrated his gift, consecrated his blessing to be part of the blessing. And halfway through that song, He says, and you, my child, will be called a prophet of the Most High. He's talking about John. You, my son, will be a prophet of the Most High, and you're going to go on before the Lord to prepare the way for him to give his people the knowledge of salvation through the forgiveness of their sins because of the tender mercy of God by which the rising sun will come to us from heaven to shine on those living in the darkness and in the shadow of death and to guide our feet into the path of peace. God was about bringing peace to the whole world. God showing up was about bringing peace to the whole world, and John's role was going to be to help that thing happen. And so we turn around with our gifts and we bless God, and we recognize that God is about bringing the kingdom to the whole world through those gifts he's given us. And our response is then to take that gift and go, okay, then this gift is all in. The Bible's full of stories, actually, of people who received 
like children from the Lord and then turned around and consecrated those children back to the Lord's service. In this season of receiving the appearing of God in our lives, what has he been doing? What has he done for you? How has he showed up? Has he given you one more year after the diagnosis? One more day, even. Has he given you retirement this year so that you have this gift of time to do something with? Has he given you children? Has he connected you with friends? Has he given you a place of influence in your job? Has he given you resources to feed your family and to then be impactful of the world? Whatever those gifts are that God has given you, we turn around and we go, no, God bless you. And oh, you're about reaching the whole world. And so here's my gift back. Use it, God. Use it to reach the whole world because it's not about me. May we be great gift receivers this season from God. And as we bless him, may we use that gift that the whole world would know what a giver he is. Why don't you stand? Let me pray for you and release you this morning. Father, we receive the blessing that you are a God who, while yet not having done every single thing we can think of that we need done in our lives or that we long for, you're a God who has brought many gifts. Teach us to receive. Teach us to receive that gift the way that Zechariah did and to proclaim your blessing and our thankfulness and then to recognize, God, that you are doing way more even than given us this small gift, you're reaching the whole world, that we have been blessed in order to be a blessing. And so church, go from here with all that God has given you to bless the world that they may know what a generous God he is, what a powerful God he is, what a healing God he is, what a sustaining God he is. Bring all of your gifts to bear that others might see God having appeared. 